Welcome to this LGBT History Month related podcast. I'm Carly Hubbard and I'm the head of HR at Travis Smith. I'm delighted to be joined by Dominic Arnold, the chief executive of Just Like Us for this episode. Um, we're going to be talking about mental health, lockdown and LGBT plus young people in particular. Um, Just Like Us is a charity for LGBT people, in particular young people. And um, the firm Travis Smith is, is particularly well connected with Just Like Us. And um, it's, a, it's a charity that I know that the firm holds close to it. Um, we have Daniel Gehring, who is the chair of the trustees, I believe, Dominic. Yes, that's right. Excellent. And um, I know that Chris Edwards is also um, heavily involved in the charity as well. So Absolutely. it's great to have you here. Thank you very much uh, <laughs> for coming. Now, I just wanted to say a few words before, um, Dominic, it'd be great if you could introduce yourself. Um, I'm here in two sort of capacities, I suppose. Firstly, I'm the head of HR, as I said already. Um, and secondly, I think it's um, probably pretty relevant to sort of flag here that um, I'm a gay woman. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, um, giving away a bit about my age there. Um, <laughs> but um, it's, um, I think, particularly given the, the content of this discussion, it, you know, it, might, it might be helpful just to set that context. Um, so, Dominic, as I say, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we've got some exciting things to talk about, but um, I'll let you set the scene and, and introduce yourself a bit more. Uh, thank you. So, uh, yes, I'm Dominic Arnell, Chief Executive of Just Like Us, the LGBT plus young people's charity. And um, we run a number of programmes aimed at basically making LGBT plus young people's lives better. Um, it's still, despite what, um, you know, what we, we see a lot more LGBT plus people in the media and that sort of thing, but it's still really unacceptably difficult to be LGBT plus um, as a young person. So three in four LGBT plus young people will still be bullied at school, for example. Uh, so we've got a number of programmes that we run, um, school-facing initiatives uh, aiming to make this better. So one of them is called the Ambassador Programme, where we train 18 to 25-year-olds um, to speak in schools about their experiences as LGBT plus role models. And I think Travis Smith often gets involved in the training of the ambassadors. Um, our second programme uh, is called Pride Groups, uh, where we train up both teachers and student leaders um, to launch LGBT plus and allies groups within their schools um, to provide really a safe space, a discussion place, um, a social space for LGBT plus young people uh, to have conversations and in some cases even go as far as running campaigns and influencing school policy. Um, the third campaign we run is called School Diversity Week, so that com is coming up in June, and that's a school-facing campaign to give schools absolutely everything they need to celebrate LGBT plus inclusion and equality. And the fourth campaign, uh, the fourth program we run is our mentoring program, and that is sponsored by Travis Smith, and we pair um, LGBT plus young people from our ambassador program um, with inspirational uh, inspirational leaders to support them on their journey um, through adolescence and adulthood. Excellent. Thanks, Dominic. So you're quite a busy person, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> I can be. You can be. Excellent. Um, and and, it, and it's just it's just warming to hear so much going on um, at that level. Um, it, you know, we, we very much hate that society is moving on um, and mm. that natural um, people, young people in particular, are in a position to, to you know, begin their lives and, and, and start to, to come out and, and feel comfortable in doing so. Um, but I think, you know, now is probably quite a good point to bring in the research that you've um, you've recently conducted through Just Like Us. And um, mm. 
it, you know, it'd be brilliant to hear about that because I've I've looked at the slides that you you shared with us kindly, and and um, there's some quite striking uh, results that have come through from that research. That it'd be great if you wouldn't mind sharing with us. No, today. of course. So over the past year, just like us, have been quite concerned about the impact of lockdown and coronavirus on LGBT plus young people which sounds a bit funny because obviously lockdown and coronavirus is something that's happening across society. So to some extent, it's happening to all of us. Um, but we do know that LGBT plus young people particularly often rely on networks that sit outside of their family home. So we have phrases like chosen family that we use to talk about the importance of these friendship groups, um, particularly other LGBT people. Um, so we were really worried about the impact of essentially being separated from these networks as young people for a year, many of whom will be with families who either they aren't out to or aren't accepting of their LGBT plus identity. Uh, so we conducted a survey of almost 3,000 secondary school pupils, um, over 1,000 of which were LGBT plus, um, and we found that 55% of LGBT plus 11 to 18 year olds are worried about their mental health on a daily basis compared to about 26% of non-LGBT people, so about twice as many. Um, and we found that certain groups within the LGBT plus umbrella were particularly impacted. So this is LGBT plus young people who are black, LGBT plus young people who are eligible for free school meals and LGBT plus young people with a disability. Thanks, Dominic. That's um, that's oh, it's an amazing amount of people to have um, included in your research. So that that's superb that you've been able to through through just like us reach out to, the, to that many students and at a time that I suspect um, a lot of people are going through the feeling and emotions related to sort of isolation and, and loneliness. Um, just just sort of linking back to the experience that you must have, and I know that you've got a link in with Mind Out as well, another LGBT mental health yeah. charity too. Um, I expect that you sent out that research sort of expecting to see certain things that came that would, would have been reflected in, in the results. Mm -hmm. Um, were there things that, that you saw that you were particularly surprised at that struck you at all from the research? So I think that um, I think you're absolutely right. We we were we were worried that there would be this impact on LGBT plus young people, and that's both my own experience, the experience of people I know, that those external relationships actually become more than casual friendships. You know, they become really the basis by which you live your life, and they become your family. Um, so we were worried, and and unfortunately, I think as is so often the case with this research, it wasn't exactly surprising to us. Um, that said, I think so often it's really helpful to have the evidence because it makes you say, well, look, we can really pursue this as an area of work now. I think one area that I was quite surprised, again, perhaps surprised isn't the right word, but I was, I was struck, um, was that one in four LGBT plus secondary pupils are experiencing daily tensions in the place they are living, and that's compared to about 18% of non-LGBT plus people. So what it shows is that LGBT plus young people are still having this tension in their family home, having this tension in their environment. So while we might think that there's an awful lot that's got better for LGBT plus young people over the last 30 years, um, and I often hear things from people like, is this even still an issue? Um, the, the results are really clear that it is. And I think when I looked at the slides, there was some interesting sort of um, results that, that jumped out sort of from an intersectionality perspective. And you and I yeah. have sort of briefly touched on this before. I mean, it'd be really interesting if you could share some of those results, um, Dominic, and, and just briefly touch on that, if you could. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we found some really interesting bits. So, for example, a third of trans people experience tensions in their daily home. So even higher for, for LGBT, for LGB uh, young people. Um, mm -hmm. And L tensions at home have been felt most acutely by LGBT plus people with a disability. So that's four in 10, 40 percent uh, compared with 15 percent of non-LGBT young people. Um, so what's really clear is that I think LGBT plus as an acronym is something we've used for a long time that describes a, really a huge range of different people um, with some very different experiences. And personally, I think that it's still a helpful way to look at to look at a, uh, that group of people to say, look, these are people who are non-straight, if you like, non-straight um, and non-cisgendered. Um, at the same time, I think we've always got to be aware that when we say LGBT+, we're covering such a broad range of people. And it's really important to pick up on those intersectional experiences within that umbrella, too. That's um, that, that's fantastic and, and I, I personally find that comforting to know that from the results you can actually pull out um, those sorts of themes. Um, so I'd quite, I mean I, I cast my mind back, um, it really wasn't that long ago I promise you to when I was at school um, and um, and I um, remember that there was just a real lack of, of any sort of real visible resource support um, in, in, in terms of sort of LGBT um, in the LGBT space and, and so I was not able to sort of draw on on that sort of comfort as I say. Um, with the results I, I sort of noticed it'd be interesting just to hear your take on this um, Dominic yeah. that sort of the, the resources that are available in some places versus what seemed to be quite a stark difference in, in what was missing in terms of what was missing in, in other schools and colleges and, and, and what you thought took from that, that um, finding. Oh, absolutely. So I, I'm, I, like you, went to school during Section 28 and there was nothing, no LGBT plus content whatsoever. Um, but I always sort of, you know, urge, urge a word of caution, I suppose, when we're looking at this going forward, because for many of us that have grown up and life has improved and got better, and it can be really tempting to think that life has improved and got better for everybody. Um, whereas we work with schools all the time that have never done anything in terms of LGBT inclusion. So whereas, for example, representation in the media might get a bit better, actually, if you're at a school that hasn't done any of this work, it's unlikely that it's going to be much better than it was when you and I were at school. Um, we know, for example, that if you look at some of the legal changes that have happened over the last 30 years, we've got equal marriage, we've got the ability to adopt, serve, serve in the armed forces, there's the age of consent, all fantastic achievements and all things that affect adults rather than young people. And actually, if you're in a school and you're being bullied and you can say, well, you know, you can get married one day. Sure, it's nice, but actually it's not really pressing to you. It's not the most important thing. What you want is work that affects you and welcomes you and makes you feel like there's absolutely nothing wrong with you and who you are is something to be celebrated. Thank you. What um what will you do with these results? I mean, there's mm. there's lots. I mean, and and it would be particularly um, interesting to hear from the perspective of a business. You know, we we sit here in a really privileged position at a law firm mm. that does seem to care a great deal about its people. But you know, we we always want to do more and and extend that that support where we can. So, what do you think business can do to help address any of these themes? So, I think. First and foremost, and I always say this, but a business is obviously made up of, of a number of people. And those people, I often think, have a lot more power than they know that they have. Um, 
if all parents, when children went to school at four years old, said, what are your LGBT inclusion policies? What do you do about homophobic, biphobic and transphobic bullying? Schools would do more on these issues because schools are to some extent, you know, led by government, but also led by parents. Um, so the first thing you can do is if you've got children, please, please, please ask their schools what they're doing to tackle homophobic, biphobic and transphobic bullying. Um, and if they're not doing anything or if you're not happy, please point them our way. We've got a number of free uh, resources and, and we're very, very happy to support them in that. Um, and I think the second thing you can do, I mean, this podcast is, is a really good example, um, is make sure that when us in the charity sector, when we're putting out this work, that you're really profiling it and showing people um, that these issues are still a problem in the UK, because I think there's a widespread belief um, that they aren't, that this is this is a kind of issue of the past. So I think making sure people know that actually this is something we still need to be concerned about is really important. Brilliant. That's really helpful. And, 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 and as I say, sort of from a personal perspective, just taking that comfort and knowing that there are charities like just like us making um, these advances um, is, is just fantastic. Um, Dominic, I'm conscious of, of time and that I am going to wrap up now. But, um, you know, a huge thank you to you for sharing the findings, for sharing your thoughts and take on, on, the, on the research. Um, we, we are very lucky to have your time, um, so thank you for that. And obviously the firm will continue to, to do what it can to get involved um, and, and um, share its efforts um, in progressing things. Thank you very much. And Dominic, thanks again. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Oh, huge thanks for having me and a huge thanks to Travis Smith for all you do. You really are a fantastic partner.